Hello, welcome back for episode three. Yeah, we can't believe we've made it this far already. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We've we've made we've made it pretty far. We made some headway. Three is a lucky number of mine, so um, that's good. And also, um, just to discuss this before anything else happens, I am a little bit under the weather. This is Nick, by the way, so I'm feeling <laughs> fine, but my voice is not recuperated completely yet. So. Um, enjoy this uh, hot mess while you can. Yeah, this it actually isn't Nick. Nick's just been replaced by um, Roseanne from our finance department. I'm 50. I've smoked since I was a teenager. Um, little little bit of catch up. You were in Austin this week. I was in Austin for work this week. Um, I really enjoyed it. I've never been to Texas. Um. I'm glad I was only in Austin because literally everybody in Austin was talking about how, like, if I wasn't in Austin, the fact that I was gay would have been a bad thing. But, like, everybody in Austin was, like, cool, whatever. And um, I appreciated that. Um, I always forget that, like, I don't come across as anything other than homosexual, even though, like, I think that I can pretend to be straight on the outside, but... I, I think that's um... I don't I don't think that's factual. As, <laughs> yeah. As somebody who's known you for more than half my life, I don't think that's factual. But like I understand yeah. like um as somebody that would not be mistaken for anything other than um perhaps a teenage boy. My my wife um passes pretty easily until she's seen that until she's seen in public with me and then you're Uh like oh that's that's her gal pal (laughs) yeah no but i'm by myself and it doesn't matter i just you know i i need to just be comfortable finally with the fact that like i shot that horse in the face a long time ago um and that's fine like it's it's here nor there but um the first night that we were there something really cool happened actually like so I got there. A couple of my coworkers got there. We were like, let's go get dinner. Um, and we're sitting at this place. And because it's Texas, it was like 70 degrees out. So like all the windows were open, outdoor seating, blah, blah, blah. And there was this guy that was like leaning on a tree. And he was sketching. And we thought he was sketching like the view of the horizon behind us. But it turns out he was doing a sketch of me and my two coworkers. So in the middle of our meal, he just came over and put this, like, actually really awesome sketch of us down on the table. And we were like, what? This is Austin. Austin's cool. So that was cool. And then we were staying, like, only a couple blocks away from the Museum of the Weird. But I didn't get to actually go experience it because I was with all my coworkers who were basically just, like, um, how to describe them? Uh, Caucasian soccer moms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they weren't really intrigued by any of that. Uh, One, that whole gentleman um, sketcher situation would be a little too sketchy for me, and I would be immediately off-put. I'd be like, no, no, no paparazzi, please. Well, me being me, I was like, oh, that's cool, but kind of creepy. And then, of course, my two coworkers were like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. This is so nice. And they both, like, tipped him. And I was like, I have no cash, so sorry about it. Um, Um, Your tip is you were doing excellent at life, sir, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. No, that was 
um, it, it was very clear, like, this is my life experience and this is your life experience. And we can very clearly draw the line between, like, me having anxiety and paranoia about everything and you never having to have those feelings about the world. Um, and quite honestly, I'd rather be on my side of the line. So, you know, um, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm less likely to get murdered, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's so a fact. That. Yeah. yeah. You're also, you're also like a, a larger fella. You're tall. You're a lot harder to kidnap. So that's I mean, very true. Yeah. yeah. I do have that going for me. Like, even if someone was like, oh, look at that homo. Um, let's go, I don't know, be uh, hooligans. Give them, a, would, give them a good roughing up. They'd be like, oh, wait. Um, number one, he's tall. Number two, he's stronger than we thought he was. And number three, he has, <laughs> he has a lot of padding. He doesn't feel this. <laughs> also, four, um, he's, he's rather handsome among being tall. So, like, you'd be oh. like, mm, we're going to leave that guy alone. We're going to keep but, on. And then, like, but like also number five, I married a large Viking person. Mm, um, yeah. And, and, you know, like there's many, many, many reasons to love my best things about having Arthur around is that I can always be comforted that I have a personal bodyguard. Mm, um, that's fair. Like he will not only like for anyone, anyone that he cares for, that he has a place for in his heart, he'll beat the shit out of someone for you. So. Oh, Arthur. Yeah. I can't, I can't like, I know you guys have been together for like a while, mm-hmm. but like I've literally only met him one time, and like this I'm really, ex- is, yeah. I'm re- I'm really excited to like get to know him better, other than just on the internet. So yeah, and, and the same for me with Leanne. Like I think we both, we like we we know we we know our spouses through the internets and things, but like, yeah, um, yeah, no. I mean, you, you've met a couple times and actually today funny story i was scrolling through my facebook memes um and today is the anniversary of the last time you came to stay with me so oh yeah it's been six years yeah that seems like it was a long time ago it's a whole nother lifetime i just remember i remember driving up with your sister but specifically i remember we stopped at this food store slash gas station slash subway because it was the only thing open in pennsylvania Um, because that's all there is yeah it was probably somewhere in pennsylvania but it was like the creepiest food store ever and then there just happened to be a subway in the back Mm, mm -hmm. um and we got sandwiches and then like had to get the hell out of there real quick because i was like what the fuck is going on yeah it was it was very much Hicksville, but like not in like a derogatory way, but like in a and like if we had stayed there for too long, like girl with piercings. And I think her hair was probably some unnatural color at the time, at least a part of it was. And then like large, unassuming man that clearly is not dating said woman. Um, Let me <laughs> let me just say you were just the master of segues because that's a really good uh, segue into our movie this week. It is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's House of a Thousand Corpses. What kind of um, weird rest stop situation occurs in the first five minutes oh, of that movie? I didn't With... even realize what I was doing. Look at me. Well, look at you. That's why I keep you around. You're so smart. <laughs> You're so smart. But yeah, oh, House of you. a Thousand Corpses. What a mm-hmm. what a weird fucking movie. 
Yes. And this was a movie I hadn't seen before. And now I've watched it three times. But like the first time I watched it and I was like, okay, like I like this. But then I realized like five minutes after watching it, I had no idea what the hell just happened. Yeah. So I so I Wikipedia'd it. And then I read the the plot in the Wikipedia page and I was like, is that what just happened? Uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched it again and I was like, okay. Okay. Because you you just watched it with Arthur, right? And then I just watched it again the third time with Arthur. And this was that was the first time Arthur had seen it. And he was like, oh. he was like, yeah, um, I see what Rob Zombie was going for here. But- Do you? I mean, like, he's really smart. So I'm not surprised that he saw what Rob Zombie was doing. Because I don't I don't think Rob Zombie knew what Rob Zombie was doing. Well, right. So so Rob Zombie is on record saying that um this he, he's not a fan of of this movie specifically in in his catalog of, of film work. Um and I can understand that because I think the overall message at the end is like he tried to just shove too much into one movie. Oh yeah. Um, oh for and, sure. And fun story. Um, you know, like there there's a lot of quick cuts and um random just like random footage in general that's shoved in that's very much supposed to be a nod to um uh what's it called um like the exploitative film genre obviously oh, of like course. but like so so fun story last night we were watching it Arthur and I and he was like oh this movie it's very referential and I was like referential what does that mean and then he didn't <laughs> say anything and then I realized after a hot second referential the word reference is in the word referential Mm -hmm. meaning that there's many references to other things in this piece of art so nick went on a little journey last night and he discovered what the word referential meant all by himself which quite honestly is a word i should have already known what it meant but i don't know so yeah that was that was fun but regardless is is that your vocabulary word for the day Yes, referential. Can we, so referential. Can we can we do a thing where um you just pick out a word a week for your vocabulary word of the week and we'll just um we'll just utilize it and you give us the definition or what you at least think it means. <laughs> um yes, Re- we can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> referential is uh Nick's <laughs> Nick's vocab word of the week. So yeah, this movie as I have said it before, is so referential. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's just a lot. It right? is. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, like you said, I. It's not my favorite of the Rob Zombie genre because he's his own thing. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say he's his own. He's his own creature. He's his own. Um, is so different than anything anybody else is doing right now. And sometimes it doesn't work in his advantage. Yeah. And, and I mean, I understand that he definitely likes to shock the audience, make them think of things in a different way, but that like, there's a difference between doing it in a masterful way, which I think is the part that he had to hone still um yeah you know, this was this was his first movie and yeah. it was um yeah. it was actually a film festival uh film in uh i think it was argentina but like film festival releases 
you get such a wide variety of things that come through that you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like that mm-hmm. was either I'm really dumb and that was really good or this is really bad and they're trying to make me seem dumb. Right. And I'm sure. And, and like, I don't think that Rob Zombie was like playing on that line. Like, I don't think he was trying to make anybody feel any certain type of way. I think he was just trying to like make a film that was like all of the things that he wanted it to be. Um, which I applaud, but like, again, he had to hone his skills still. Like this was, it was just too heavy handed. It was like, it started out as like, you know, backwoods gas station slash convenience store slash tourist trap slash tourist stop situation, kids on a road trip. Okay, cool. And then, like, that turns bad, turns into, like, these kids are in, you know, deep shit because they have come across a family of maniacs in, you know, East Bumblefuck, whatever. Cool. But then that turned into, like, now they're also Satan worshippers and there's, like, Dr. Satan underground, who's like a Resident Evil character that's half robot, but then like he's making people into also half robots. Yeah, it was very, it was very Project Nemesis. Yeah, it was just a lot. And that's when I was like, what? Exactly. And then like, and then like, okay, cool. So we, so we did kind of like wrap this up in a bow by making sure that all of the teenagers that, um, were thrust into this world, ended up getting caught and, like, tortured. But then, like, what happened? Like, what happened was, and then, like, because I watched this movie, I also hadn't seen um, The Devil's Rejects. And Ooh, yeah, yeah. I watched that right after. Like, I think this the first time I watched it, I watched The Devil's Rejects right after. And that is also, th- th- that is a good movie. I understand yeah. I understand why it was so highly, you know, um, praised when it came out and stuff, but it's so different from this movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, And even like the characters are different from the first movie, which we're talking about, to the second movie being The Devil's Rejects. And like, they're still crazy in the second one, but there's like a whole new aspect to them. So, like, clearly, I think he went in and, like, did a lot of, like, soul search and, like, work. And Took it was, the like, words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soul but searching. Yeah. You know, I really liked it, though. Like, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was just, like, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was definitely a referential piece of cinema. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it gave me a lot of things that I loved. Um. And it also, oh my gosh, like the characters, Baby and Mama, Firefly. I love them so much. I love them so much. They, Baby, a.k.a. Sherry Moon Zombie, if you've you've never seen a Rob Zombie movie or never seen anything after The Devil's Rejects, uh, she's actually his wife in real life, so good Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. And he's um, very into... Um, I wouldn't say exploiting her sexually, but he's very proud 
of the woman that he married. And he is a very proud man in the aspect of no matter what movie you're watching, you are going to see Sherry Moon zombies ass. Like, mm. full, the full thing. The whole shebang. Yeah, and, we did see that a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it only gets progressively weirder. And, like, he's got a lot of strange movies. Like, there are some that I still haven't even seen. The yeah. sequel the sequel to Devil's Rejects is coming out this year. It is. Yes, it is. It's but like a I'm direct really sequel. It is. I'm just sad because, I mean, spoiler, but I don't care. Um, uh, have you seen The Devil's Rejects? I have, yeah. I've okay, seen good. it. I've All seen right. it once. I haven't seen it in a really long time, so I I would like to revisit that sometime soon. Okay. Well, if if you do recall, um, in The Devil's Rejects, um, number one, Mama Firefly is played by a different woman. Um, oh, yeah. Fun fact, because there was some contract negotiations that went awry. Um, with Karen Black, who was so it's a different person. She also is great at being fucking crazy, but you know, um, <sighs> Karen Black just did such a beautiful job in the first one. But um, Mama Firefly, the character, does get killed in The Devil's Rejects, so she won't be, I'm assuming, in the third film. Um, but yeah, that's that just makes me sad because I liked her a lot. Yeah, I'm pleased, number one, with how well we've integrated the word of the day into this episode thus far. Um, It's nice. It's nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. Um, And I mean, yeah, as as you know, I'm also up for like some crazy weird shit, like whatever. Like, let's let's watch all the weird things. But I I mean, it's very clear that whoever made this movie was like young in their career and had a lot of ideas and was honing their skills. And one of the things they didn't have a good grasp on yet was like editing. And I don't mean like editing film, but like knowing when you don't have to have all of the things at once. Like if this movie was a woman in a gown going to a ball, she would have like 10 too many bangles on or something. <laughs> yeah. There'd be a whole lot of there'd be a whole lot of accessories and not a whole lot of meat. Yeah, too much accessories. Like way too um, many. Like uh, Valentina's runway look from last week. Right, where the she de- was like deconstructed, yeah. deconstructed drag. That's what this movie is. It's deconstructed film. Right, like, like it's the it idea. Ha- we get it. The idea. We we understand. We appreciate. But like. Just the the actual um, performance of it, the actual follow through of it, um, not not all the way, you know, at the top of the bar of the cake or whatever. Um, I feel like it had um, for being a a first film. Mm-hmm. It was a very good attempt. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it left absolutely. it left a lot of room for growth as like yeah. a director, um, but it's definitely not my favorite of mm-hmm. of the Rob Zombie genre. No, I mean if we're talking Rob Zombie, my favorite is probably his remix of Halloween. I don't want to talk about that with you because yeah. like it's my least favorite of the Rob Zombie. Oh really? Really, really, really. I was like. 
okay, so I'm going to equate it to that time that Mike, I'm pretty sure it was Michael Bay redid uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, that was a, that was bad. That's yeah. what it reminds me of. It was like the weird mid-2000s era of horror film that was just nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. It was like horror's adolescent years where it was kind of like, it's kind of growing into itself, but it's awkward and it doesn't know what it's doing. It's horror puberty. Yeah. It's and experimentation. Like, yeah. It was experimenting. <laughs> sometimes experimenting. you do gay stuff, sometimes you don't. Like Yeah. It was just it was it was finding its place in the world. It was finding its lane. The um, same thing with the um Nightmare on Elm Street remake that ugh, uh yeah. you know what? Like I'm gonna say it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it as much as other people hated it. I didn't hate it either, but I do feel like my opinion of that specific movie is a little bit skewed only because um, it was one of those in-between teenage years remakes in the horror film uh, category where they were like, oh, it's the aughts, whatever. I forget what year it came out. But regardless, it's like we have better special effects now. So let's just do it all with CGI. Yeah. And I remember specifically seeing the scene towards the beginning of the film where in the original, um, you know, it's, it's Freddy like coming through the wall above Nancy's bed, or maybe it's not Nancy's bed, maybe it's her friend's bed, but like when clearly what it was was a piece of fabric on a wall they built, and he was like pushing through it. Oh, it's and you know right? what? Like, we'll we'll dive into that another time, but like yeah. cinematically, I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street is like one of my favorite films because yeah. so much was done with so little, exactly. And, and, like, less is more, and, like, I was, and and still am kind of obsessed with how well that movie is made. Yes, and it, it holds the fuck up, is what it does. Yeah. It's so well made. But because of that, I saw the remake, and they did the same pushing through the wall thing with CGI. Uh, yeah. And I immediately was like, no, this is not as effective, because... They're like, like, there's something to be said even in today's day and age for physical effects. Like, sometimes they are more effective and are needed. And just because we have a computer that can make cool things happen, like, doesn't, don't necessarily have to do it. Like, this is not Toy Story. Like, this is not some Disney Pixar shit. This is a horror film. And I think something that can ground a film where there's already so many unbelievable things clashing with human existence, which is ultimately a running theme through horror. You need physical effects sometimes to help ground it a little bit. Give me, give me some like really cool special effects makeup. Give me puppeteering. Like give me physical tangible things that if i were to go to like an art exhibit or a museum i want to be able to look at what was used i don't want you know 
eight terabytes of like memory stored in a cloud somewhere in Silicon Valley. You know what I mean? I -hmm. want tangible evidence that something that I love and cherish and care about existed. Right. Exactly. And like I just like the costumes, everything, everything that's tangible about film I want. And that's when I get, like, salty when they do, like, weird special effects stuff. Like, I'm like, ugh, you could have done so much better had you used physical props or, like, you know. For reals. Anyway, we got off on a tangent, but. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of on tangent because Rob Zombie had a $7 million budget to make this movie. And, um, you know, I feel like he utilized the $7 million a little Maybe a little carelessly, considering this movie is all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly all over the place. (sighs) Yeah, I just, the last, like, I'm going to say, like, 10 to 15 minutes, I don't, I don't see why they were necessary. That Um, weird, that weird mineshaft situation. Like, underground, like, are we in the game Doom now? But, like, not really, like, I'm confused. Like, that, like, cavern lined with bones, and then, like... You know, we're we're under the graveyard and all the bodies have fallen through their coffins. So they're all like perfectly lined up along the walls and um, the creatures in the the lake that the coffin that the two people were put into was lowered down into the to the whatever underground thing. Like it was. Why? Like I like I. Yeah. So. It was, like, for me, that part was, like, icing a cake that already had too many decorations on it. Yeah, like, exactly. (laughs) We have all this extra icing. Where do we put it? On the end. Because you didn't didn't amp it up properly. And, like, mm -hmm. from reading their Wikipedia page, it says that they had, um, there was a lot weirder shit that was going to happen. But they were really afraid of the NC-17 rating because... Once you get that NC-17 rating and it's finalized, like, your shit is not going to get seen anywhere. Nowhere is going to oh, show man. that. Never in, my, never in my life have I actually... I don't think I've ever actually seen an NC-17 rated film. Like, we're, we're leading up to, obviously, the tying up of all the plot points. And then it's almost like, oh, never mind. We're not going to do that. And, like, for, for instance, that, like weird half robot half like i don't oh, know called flesh creature not not the one that's dr satan doing the operations but the other one that like slams through the door and it's like all big and juggernauty with the with the axe so so that's supposed to be mr firefly like when they were like oh he went crazy and he burnt the house down like like yeah. how are we how are we supposed to know that yeah, there was, I feel like after that whole, um, we're kidnapping everybody after they stormed out of our weird burlesque, uh, performance. Um, yes. Uh, yes. uh, I feel like that's kind of where everything went to shit. See, I feel like that's where I was like, oh, damn, these people gonna be super crazy now. Yeah, um, oh, Yeah. And like so, like now, now we're like you know we're turning it up to eleven. Cool, I'm here for it. I don't think it really started going off the rails until um, the point where we it, it's Halloween now. It's the thirty first. 
everyone is in their costumes. They have the three kids that are still alive in the bunny suits hanging from the ceiling in like the living room or whatever. And then Otis comes downstairs in the literal bodysuit that he made from Mm -hmm. the one girl's father. Um, I feel like that's where it starts to go off the rails because then it's just like a lot of like quick flashes back and forth shots. And like, there was that thing in the cemetery where like apparently baby firefly can like, project her voice all weird or like has some like type of superpowers like I don't know they don't but... tell you anything he was just kind of I feel like this was kind of him being like I'm gonna scribble shit on some napkins and hand them out to people last minute figure it out and this is what we're gonna do like this sounds like it'll be cool and and like it was cool it just didn't it didn't fit together and like maybe he was supposed to like maybe in his head but like also no, no it's too much and th- yeah and then and then now they're suddenly like they could have been devil worshippers the whole time that's fine but like it was like oh and by the way they're devil worshippers um which based on the way these characters were acting the whole time and based on what they were doing like i could see that being a legitimate plot point but you can't just like throw that in at the end you know like yeah. it's like if we're gilding the lily here, um, the lily is now so heavy that it's gonna like fall over and die. So anyway, do we want to go bit by bit through this thing? Yeah, that's up to you. I have no qualms about it <clears throat> okay. at all. Rain Wilson and he, you know, his character is pretty likable in all honesty. I feel like he's one of the dudes that like tries the hardest to kind of um kind of wrangle in this weird sideshow of like what the fuck is going on and he's like uh with his girlfriend and like chris hardwick has i don't remember if he has a girlfriend i think he does yeah there's the there's the two girls and the two guys yeah so um yeah let's uh let's take this down bit by bit and see what we come Mm -hmm. up with let's let's come to a conclusion yeah, so, I mean, we start out, the first person that we're, like, really introduced to is Captain Spaulding. What a weird-looking dude. I enjoy Captain Spaulding immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, based on all of the memes and memorabilia out there, apparently Captain Spaulding was also a fan favorite. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I am totally charmed by his like gas station slash fried chicken restaurant slash I'll take museum. It. Yeah, of like monsters and mayhem museum thing. Um, and I would like, let's be honest, I'm totally the person that would go and visit a place like this while I was on a road trip. Like, that's yeah, 100% going to happen. I feel like this would be our um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure road trip. Yeah, like, absolutely. like, oh, weird road side fried chicken horror museum sign me up i'm going like i would definitely go to there um i like his spunk i like his personality um i think the whole establishing that they're in the middle of nowhere in the south through the beginning dialogue was a little bit heavy-handed yeah um but at the same time this was like what what year was this made like 2000 2000. okay so like 
maybe we can forgive them a little bit with using the the, the R word so much, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I was not a fan of that. I was not a fan of that at all. But, I mean, the conversation that he's having with that rando dude that uses the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Totally fun. Totally cool. Um, if If you notice, the key to the bathroom with, like, the whole, like, monster hand attached to it. Um, between shots, the position that the hand was in kept changing. Of course. <laughs> so it was like middle finger and then bull horns and then something else. <coughs> and um, just a little bit of trivia for y'alls. Um, but then we have this like, you know, potential break in that happens. They want they want to rob the place. And then this is where I really start to like Captain Spaulding because there's that there's that countdown where he's like one, he's like, uh, fuck you, mama. Two, <laughs> fuck your sister. Three, fuck your grandma. And then, and then when he kills him, he says, "Osval, fuck you." And I was like, "Yes, queen." He's very ballsy, and like, um, in a in a film where like ballsy doesn't even <laughs> take the cake of as to how this turns out. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, I just wanted more of him. And I was so excited for, you know, the Devil's Rejects. And it was, like, more Captain Spaulding. Right. Yes. And, and um, yeah. So I would agree with that. And so that is a great scene. I love that. And then it's over. And now we cut to the four teenagers. Here are, you know, our characters who are going to go through it. They're driving. They're like, oh, um, got to get gas. And they stop at Captain Spaulding's museum. And to be honest with you, I probably would have been as excited as they were to be there. Um, I mean, the guys at least, because the girls were not having it. Um, But then, like, regardless of anything that else was going on, um, like, you don't know this guy. He's dressed up like a clown. Like, that's kind of weird. It's off-putting for for me. I'm not... It's not uh, in my repertoire of things that, like, I like or I seek out in life. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's so quirky and weird and off-putting that, like, it worked. Yeah, but, like... I just I, I wouldn't press him with as many questions as they were pressing him with. You yeah, know what I, mean? I would have just got my assistance and moved on in life. And that's it. Like I would have been like, oh my gosh, thank you for taking us through your, you know, your murder ride, etc. Um, have a good night. Thank you. Goodbye. I wouldn't be like, come on, tell me where the tree is or Dr. Satan was hung. And like, I'm just like, dude, he's clearly over you. Like he wants you to leave. Yeah. leave now i mean little do we know that he's in on it the whole time until the end but you know he kind of pushes them in the direction of the firefly house um, oh yeah so he was already over them he was like bitches you're gonna die um you annoying goodbye i'm sure that's why he was so okay with it he knew the end game he knew what was yeah. gonna happen so so the one girl completely forget all their names but it's fine because whatever i mean they're all gonna die anyway right so she calls her dad she's like we're gonna we're gonna be a little bit later than expected we had to stop to get gas blah 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 blah. um and then you see on the news that there's five local cheerleaders missing and um we don't know what's going on with that but you know it's a horror movie so 
uh-oh, I'm sure we'll find out what did happen to them. And then they're on the road again, and they come across Baby, and she's just like, hi, my house is up the road. Oh, thank you for the ride. Um, and then, oh my God, our tire's blown out. And then this way, this is already when you know that shit's going to go bad because one of the other Firefly family members actually popped the tire with a bullet and they didn't just get a pop tire to begin with because they were driving badly on the road. But they don't know that. Yeah, it wasn't, um, it was just uh, some pretty good, pretty good timing in that aspect. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just worked it out pretty good. Yeah. So, so they knew it was up. They were like, oh, we going to have some fresh meat. And then they get the tow truck. RJ tows the car to the house. And now they're all there. And now the mistress of the house reveals herself, Mama Firefly. And she touched my heart with her extra-ness. Who just, who wears a corset around the house when they're lounging about? I mean, you know what I mean? She, I mean, kind of minty green, but like more so on the edge of like forest green looking corset thing. There's like a semi leaf pattern on it. Um, she's got like rando pieces of fabric woven into her big ass hair, um, crusty makeup. Like she's she's everything I want in a woman that I know lives her life as a hot mess. Yeah, I mean, like, I was I, living for everything in that moment. I really appreciate you just um, reading Mama Firefly to filth, but peppering it with compliments. That was nice. Oh, I just I love her so much. And she and, I, I want more of her. I'm R.I.P. Mama Firefly. Can mm-hmm. I dedicate this episode to her? Because it is absolutely dedicated mm, to her. And, I, feel, I feel like we were not gifted enough Mama Firefly. Yeah. And, like, ultimately, all she wanted to do was celebrate Halloween the way she wanted to celebrate it. She was happy about the holiday. She was excited about the holiday. She just wanted to share, you know, with with these strangers her way of celebrating the day. Um, Which is um by murder and manipulation, but it's fine. Yeah, but, you know, they, they at least they sat down for a nice meal first. Yeah, I mean, you know? I mean, I... I hope it was enjoyable because it was going to be the last thing that was going to be in their bodies before, you know, they were, um, you know, sliced from stem to sternum and, Mm -hmm. and treated like, um, in a cacophony of ways. Like we don't know. Yeah. A cacophony of, um, (laughs) dysfunction, if you will. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the best way to describe this movie. A cacophony of dysfunction. It is a cacophony of dysfunction and, and it works but it also doesn't work, and that's why it's a dysfunctional cacophony. But it's 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 a mess. It's a beautiful mess, and I'm like, I'm so glad that we're, uh, you know, really breaking it down and and mm-hmm. talking about how weird this shit is because yeah, just it's really, just fucking weird. It is. It's weird, and we're just layer by layer. We're peeling this a little bit more, a little bit more. I mean, I will say we never see what's on their plates, so we don't know what they ate. But I have a feeling it was fried chicken. Um, I'm sure Captain Spaulding brought it from the from the gas station yes. horror museum rest stop. Precisely my suspicion. And then it looked like Mama Firefly made some type of like Boston cream pie situation. Mm-hmm. And they had to put their masks on or no one was eating dessert. 
And then, like, Grandpa is, like, gross and disgusting and, like, not even getting the food in his mouth. And Otis comes down with the baby in the jar. Um, And that's when we find out that Otis was upstairs playing with the cheerleaders and, like, preaching his insanity to them. And some of them are dead, some of them aren't. But then, like, and then, like, so, so now things are ramping up now, right? So Baby's not at dinner because Baby's upstairs. She's putting, she's patting her face, literally, because um, she's getting into her drag makeups. Yeah. And and she's discussing with the cheerleaders tied up in her room how they don't have much team spirit or whatever. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't either if I've been abducted and tortured, but that's here nor there, I suppose. Um and then dinner's over. Grandpa is opening this like weird review show that they're having in their barn or whatever. Like, I don't even know. But he just makes a lot of off color jokes about eating pussy. Um, oh, which is not. Um, okay, I get it. Rob Zombie, you're like a gross sex machine with like a hot wife. Like, we get it. We get it. I mean, I totally get it's probably a little bit for effect because we're in, like, backwards bar. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, like, Grandpa's got his little curly cute hair. There's still, like, whipped cream coming out of his mouth, and he's screaming. Yeah, I don't know, because guys are gross and weird. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, get, stop it. Right, and now it's like, and I'm now on to our next act, and now here comes Baby, and this, like, literal full-on get-up, like, she's wearing, like, a pretty good wig, to be honest. And this, like, bedazzled gown, which is, like, great. And then, you know, she's, like, 1920s, like, vaudeville woman, like, doing her little lip sync to I Want to Be Loved by You. And I'm, like, okay, what's going on? But I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy this part very much. And then that stupid bimbo bitch is, like, oh, you're going to sit on my boyfriend's lap? And then she calls baby a, like, whore and like a bitch after pushing her on the ground and I was like you That's already it. know these right and these people you know that to be true why would you physically assault them right yeah um I feel like she signed her death warrant right then and there that was it she was done yeah like but- perhaps like I don't know me got in I mean, I'm sure there was like the the uh, pre pre notion that um, <laughs> they were going to kill these people anyway. But now there was a uh, but like that was now- the, that was the stealing of the deal. Like that was the death warrant for sure. Oh yeah, and the funny thing about um, you know she calling a uh, baby like a whore and a slut, and you know generally slut shaming her. Um, the house that was used was actually the house that the um, best little whore house in Texas from 1982 was filmed at. So, you know. Oh, movie trivia coming movie. through. Ba, ba, ba. The movie trivia. Yeah, it's actually because it, a lot of this was um, filmed on like universal back lots and stuff. Mm, okay gotcha. so i'm sure they got like the the run of the land and being able to use like some weird stuff but mm-hmm. also um speaking of weird stuff can we quickly talk about like the fish boy situation 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to display a corpse which you created, I suppose. I mean, yeah. Otis is very. I, I would. I would. I would take a, a gander at saying. Well, not a gander, but I would take. I would take a shot at saying that um, Otis, out of all of them, is probably the most unhinged. And and he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to use Rain Wilson's dead body for my art." I mean, art is subjective. And I'm just going to make him into a fish boy. Yeah, and and to be completely honest, it's not. It's not the worst fish boy. It's not the worst thing I've seen. No, like it could have been really gross and gory, but like he re- like like he really figured out how to like bring those scales up seamlessly uh you know have them look as though they were a part of Rain Wilson's torso like there's no seam there, there's no nothing. I mean like sure you can tell he's dead and whatever, but like there is some artistry there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, art is subjective, and I feel like he, uh, you know, he he paid his dues to the art, yeah. art, you know, society, and maybe he's just a misunderstood artist, and that's what everybody's getting wrong about it. Yeah, maybe he's just like really, he's like he's so he's creatively frustrated, and he does he does hint at the fact that he's creatively frustrated, but um, I mean. I, I don't know if that would push me to like mass murder. So, um, you know, there, there's that point that I, I think they're probably just kind of, n- no, like the, this was like, they, they set foot on this property. They probably weren't getting off the property. Um, no, especially like, okay. So one of the things that I thought was like the cinematically and like visually appealing parts of this film was like, you know, after they're like, they're storming off and their car is fixed and like the whole shebang. And like they, they make it to the end of the driveway and they're about to like get away. And like the scarecrow people happen. And I was like, yes, bitch, get them. And very seldomly do I root for the bad guys, but it was, so visually appealing to see that happen that I was like, all right, well, you got me. It only took about, you know, 45 minutes of this 88 minute film to Mm. really reel me in through these. I felt like I was on um, Captain Spaulding's murder ride with them. (laughs) You were experiencing it. You, you, You felt it. You were there with them through that experience. It was in stereo. I was there. Mm, it was yeah. a VR experience. It was very then, ahead of its time. Then, like, you know, at the end when Otis stands on the car and he, like, screams that victory scream, were you were you screaming with him? Internally. Internally. <laughs> internally. Yeah. But that's just my inner monologue anyway, just internally mm-hmm. screaming. Ah. Uh, just all into, the time. In, into the void. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was that was a really good sequence. And then I also really liked how when Brain Wilson's girlfriend was waking up, she was having like flashbacks and it was like almost like photographs of like the last moments of them pulling up to the gate and then them getting beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, I also appreciate she was wearing a dunce cap because that bitch is the stupid one. Like she was the fucking stupid one. She's a big old dummy. Yeah. You big dum dum. Like, oh man, I don't. 
I don't know how to help her, and I guess nobody else did either, and that's why she ended up not making yeah, it. Right. I mean, and, she was just a bitch from the beginning. Yeah, and, like, the cool thing about this film is, like, there, uh, yeah, there was a final girl situation, but that bitch didn't make it out. No, she there did not. This, and there, there was nothing. Nobody yeah. made it out, and I kind of liked that. It was kind of like everything you know about horror, and like I know Rob Zombie is like a huge horror fan, right? But like he kind of just threw everything to the wind and was like, "I'm just gonna do what I want to do," and like I totally respect that. Yeah, me too. And and yeah, I mean, I the movie would have satisfying at the end if she did fully get away right because like all of like what 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 would she have done after that who like, would have believed her she would have been catatonic forever after that forever and like, like she could she couldn't even go you know be reunited with her father who was looking for her because he was already dead at the hands of the psychos Oh yeah, so, there there was just nothing. There was no good ending for any of those people. They were pretty much dead as soon as they stopped at that um, Roscoe's, you know, barbecue and foot massage or whatever the fuck. Roscoe's barbecue and foot massage. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's like the abbreviated version of what was happening, but like um, that fella that kept using the bathroom. Um, Maybe he was the winner out of all of this. Yeah, where did he go? Where did he end up? What he's happened still, to him? He's still in the bathroom. No, he's not in the bathroom because he got pulled out by the people that were robbing Captain Spaulding's museum. I mean, maybe he went back in the bathroom. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he was oh, just having maybe he was having you. a time with that roadside fried chicken. And mm. I um, mean, I don't doubt that it would cause the runs, you know. Yeah, the runs for his life. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe they pulled him out. He hadn't finished yet. He was like, okay, cool. Um, this problem is solved. I'm going to go finish what I was doing in the bathroom. Bye. And, and he then was he just, yeah. just, re- just reading a lot of Us Weekly. And he just went about his business. And, you know, he was like, uh, it's better to be oblivious to the situation. <laughs> um, bye, y'all. Yeah, maybe he just really... Um... Maybe he just really liked Captain Spaulding's company. I mean, he does seem like a colorful character to spend your time with. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't stay too long, but I wouldn't mind. No, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's... So now we're down one person. Rain Wilson has become Fish Boy. What a beautiful art piece. Yeah, um, he, he makes great art. Um, and then... And then I guess what's the oh so then cut to Chris Hardwick, who is like tied up in a chair in a room where the whole wall that he's sitting up against is a creature from the Black Lagoon poster. Yeah, and why not? I was yeah exactly like I, it just I totally get reference like referential and referentialism and all of that etc but creature from the black lagoon i don't see how you pulled from that type of horror movie to be inspired to make this um, and fish boy question mark oh fish boy okay all right all right 
I don't know. So I'm just I'm taking a shot in the dark. Yeah. I'm just trying to connect the dots when mm-hmm. there really isn't. There's none to connect. You're no, like, no. Yeah. I'm grasping I mean, at straws. I do wonder if that giant poster was just there because they were in the Universal backlot. That's also a possibility. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, cool. Put that in there. Um, but right. So now, so then, now Baby's like, guess my favorite actress. And like, honestly, I wouldn't have guessed Marilyn Monroe. I wouldn't have guessed Marilyn Monroe at all. I don't know who I would have guessed, but it wouldn't have been Marilyn Monroe. I mean, obviously, he was wrong, so she semi-scalped him. Um, Yeah, happens. And I don't know, I feel like maybe it was just the hair and his beard or something, but, like, I feel like Chris Hardwick was a little pudgy in this movie. He was, yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it was baby Chris Hardwick. He, like, had a couple couple baby fat years, I guess. I guess so. Not a bad thing. He's basically, yeah, he's basically unrecognizable. Like, if if I hadn't watched this recently and then been doing some um, internet digging on cast and stuff for my notes, I would have never have guessed that's who that was. Yeah, I also didn't realize he did any films. Um, I thought he was just kind of like a professional nerd type of situation. I mean, um, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even in this role, he was a professional nerd. Um, but so, yeah, so now, like, he's semi-scalped, hanging in the room, like, they put him against the wall where Otis and Grandpa are watching television, and then, like, the thing that I thought was super creepy about that, and then we have to go back to talk about what happened to the last girl who's in the basement, but just before I forget this, if you notice... Like, along the wall, like, they obviously, they've collected all the personal possessions of everyone they've killed. Because like, trophies. Because trophies. And they just had, like, hanging almost like Christmas garland, all of the wallets of people. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, ooh, attention to detail. Detail. I mean, personally, if I was me, I'd be like, I really like this leather display that you have going on. And (laughs) then I would be like, oh, I feel like this is when I should leave because none of these people live here. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was already too late for them. They hadn't seen the upstairs. Um, I'm sure if they had seen the upstairs, their opinions would have been much different. They probably wouldn't have stayed for dinner. Um, but they did, um, and this is what happens. So, yeah, so, so that, that was just, I was like, oh, wow, look at you. And then, like, there was also, like, all the, there was, like, the high heel sculpture in the backyard and things like that. There was, like, random Christmas stockings, which I don't think people carry around Christmas stockings with them. So where did they get all those Christmas stockings? I don't know. I mean, um, if if you're anything like my wife, uh, November 1st, the Christmas stockings are up. So <laughs> I wouldn't at all be surprised if this weird Casa de Firefly is, um, you know, just all out festive. They're not just Halloween indicative. They're just, um, they just really like the holidays. So like all year round, they're just, they're up for celebrating. Oh, yeah. Celebrating uh, death. 
mostly. Uh-huh. Definitely. Um, but um maybe uh maybe a little bit of um some Santa sprinkle in there. So yeah, I mean maybe they just needed to like cut up the color. Like there's there's too much beige, there's too much brown, like let's get some red and green in here. Yeah. Um, Ooh, gross. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't um, care for that motif, but that's just me. Yeah, no, it's an odd color combination. I don't care um, for it. What? Yeah. So then now we have the last girl. She's in the basement with Tiny. Oh, Matthew McGrory. I really enjoy him. He played the um the giant and big fish and I just um um mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a that's a huge fella. Like I don't even know yeah. how tall he is. But aptly named Tiny. Yes. So of course the the huge person is named Tiny. Um and I really appreciate that the cereal he was eating was called Agatha Krispies. Oh, girl, I want a bowl of that right yeah. now. I mean, he was eating out of a dog bowl. Which... <laughs> I mean, why not? Let's. Yeah. Do they even a have choice. a dog? No, I don't think so. I yeah. don't believe so. But you it know, was that's... tiny. <laughs> it's a choice, you know. Yeah, um, um, Tiny is actually, or was, he did pass away. He passed away in 2005 at the age of 32. Mm-hmm. He was 7 foot 6 inches. Yeah. 317 pounds. That's a big baby. That is a big person. Yeah. 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 So that, unfortunately, explains it. Um, yeah, it explains a lot of stuff. And he was young. If He was 32 in yeah. 2005. So he was, like, in his mid-20s when he, when he was... um. In this movie. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what are you going to do with that type of height when, when you have it? You're going to you're gonna exploit it for what it's worth. And, I mean, um, look at um, Javier Botet. He does, like, almost how we were discussing, like, the tangible parts of horror where you don't want to see so much CGI. He did a lot of, um, did you see Mama, perhaps? I have not yet, no. Okay, he did um, a lot of the physical things for that. He did um, the Crooked Man in The Conjuring 2. So that was an actual person that wasn't CGI. So, you know, he's along the same... Um, and, oh, he was also the uh, the leper in the newest It movie. Oh, So okay. it was kind of the same thing of, like, you have this awkwardly shaped person... Mm-hmm. What else are you going to do with it other than, you know, give them a job doing some really cool special effects stuff? Mm-hmm. So, so thanks, Tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I hope, I hope, I, yeah. And I, I hope that bowl of Agatha Krispies was everything you wanted and more. Um, uh, I hope so. It, it looked like it was maybe like Cocoa Krispies or Cocoa Pebbles or something. Yeah. I feel like they should, you know how they do like the Funko Pop? Have you seen the Funko Pop cereals? Oh, I have. Yes, I, I would. Have. I would love some Agatha Krispies. I would definitely Funko Pop if you're out there and you're listening. You're not Agatha Krispies, but if you are, get on that Agatha Krispies, please. I'll just. I just want a bowl. I want to know what they taste like. Agatha Krispies, please. That could be the commercial. Yeah. Uh, jokes on us. It was probably dog food the whole time. Ugh, I hope not. But. <laughs> Yeah, so so then so then the girl's like tiny help me and he's like bitch I give no fucks I'm gonna no. let you go. Yeah. And he's like really in the back of his mind he's like I give no fucks because 
Um, I'm going to let you have false security for one second. And then my brother Otis is going to scare the shit out of you. So this is going to be fun. Um, I'm going to sit back here with my cereal and get ready for the show. Um, and like, I get that she's probably scared in this moment, but the, 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 the amount of times that she was like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go now. I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to go home now. Like, I, feel like, I feel like that was her trying to convince herself that she was going home because she knew she wasn't. Right. Like, like total, like self, um, soothing is what that was that's what oh, she was yeah. trying to do mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Otis like where the fuck you think you're going and then he shoves her in that in that like cell in the basement and then like rando people jump out of the pile of clothing <laughs> I would love that that was me as a child at the at like any any department store just jumping out of racks of clothing but like who who was that who were they supposed to be were they the cheerleaders like who were they Probably. They were probably, like, babies, like, slumber party girlfriends, and they were going to have a girls' night, but first she had, like, family business to take care of, so they were just, like, waiting in the wings before they could do their, like, exfoliating face masks, but, like, the face masks were made of real faces. And, like, blood, and, like... And blood. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then, of course, there's a part of the fact that she has been derobed and then put into a baby doll dress. Um, And then they put, like, real gross makeup job on her. Like, that, like, weird icy blue eyeshadow and that pink lipstick. It was it was rough. It, it was a growing experience. And then and, that, and that's what this movie is. A growing yes, experience. Yes, exactly. See? Segways. Wonderful segues. Um, they're crazy as fuck. Um, so weird. A bunch of weirdos in the middle of, like, I'm assuming it's Texas. Let's somewhere in the south definitely i don't know is it something with a south or a north in its name who knows um (laughs) west virginia (laughs) or west who knows but um yeah so so dad is worried about his daughter he's an ex-cop so he calls the sheriff's office he's like dude is looking for his daughter can he ride along with you? And these two obnoxious cops are like, yeah, whatever. And they go to the house. Um, well, first they do, they find the car and there's one of the cheerleaders in the trunk dead. Mm, so, happens. Yeah. And all that really does is confirm for us that those were the cheerleaders. Like, okay, whatever. Um, but they go to the house and then my other favorite sequence happens where the dad and the one, like, the worst obnoxious cop that's, like, kind of gross in the face. Because he, like, when he snarls his teeth, he looks like a rat a little bit. Mm. Um, they go around the back. They find the shoe display and all of the stockings hung up and all that jazz. And they open up that shed. And there's the one obnoxious girl that has a dunce cap on in the front. And the rest of the cheerleaders are all dead behind her. And she's like, how oh my God, what's going on? Help me. And then, <laughs> you know, Otis is like, I'm going to take care of this bullshit. So he shoots the dad. And then he, and then um, there's that really like long, unnecessary, awkward pause. Right. Before he shoots the cop in the head. And, like, I totally get that was probably, like, an artistic choice. 
choices. But that was like, I don't know, like I've never been to film school. That seems like a very like freshman film school. I think I'm really artsy fartsy type of choice. Yeah. I feel like Rob like, Zombie tried to um cover all all bases in this film of like being avant-garde and weird and like yes. a freshman film experience and he was just trying to see what worked and what didn't but like in the end he didn't really give a shit what worked and what didn't he just wanted to do it right and and so not that it didn't work it was just too long. it was it was one too many beats if you will and yeah then, oh for sure thing that arthur commented on is that um when he shot the cop in the head, there was, like, no mess on the ground. That's unlikely. Right? So... A, and, you shoot somebody in the head, there is... I mean, I watch a lot of true crime. Let's be real. There's there is some a, type of splatter. There's going to be some brain matter, something, especially with that close range. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to there be a mess. Something. Yeah. And there was none. There was just the bullet ricocheting off of the concrete, um, which a couple things they shot and they had run out of fake blood by then or something. Who knows? Yeah, that was at the end of their budget, of their $7 million budget. But then, of course, the other thing that happens is the other cop goes in the house to question Mama Firefly. And then right as the other cop is radioing him that they found the girls in the shed, Mama Firefly pulls out that gun and shoots him in the head. And she just, like, does it, like, very calmly, gives no shits. I was like, girl. You know what? Good for her. She just wanted to celebrate Halloween on her terms. And these strangers came into her house, came into her environment, and just brought all this unnecessary negative energy that she didn't want because she was so excited about celebrating Halloween. Like, at the end of the day... Is this really, like, Mama just writing what is wrong in her personal world? You know, like, she's sicking all of her children onto these people that she has, like, basically deemed as negative entities in her space. Like, she just wanted to celebrate Halloween. She just wanted to have Halloween dinner. She just wanted to have, like, uh, I don't know, a vaudeville show. Where she got to light her daughter, lip syncing to oldie timey tunes. And they came in here and they fucked it all up. Yeah. I mean, way to go. How do you, you know, show up to somebody's party, essentially, and you fucking crash it? You crash their fucking party yeah. for, for no fucking... I get it. You wanted some help. But there becomes an element of overstaying your welcome, they totally did that. Absolutely. They didn't need to stay for dinner. They needed to stay to use the phone. And that was it. And they could have. Yeah. I mean, realistically, they weren't going to make it out anyway. But they didn't. <laughs> they, oh. I don't think they had to really make it a scene. No. They and, made, and, you made a scene. Right. And not only were they party poopers. I mean, excuse me. Not only were they party crashers. They were party poopers. Especially that one bitch who pushed baby. And then. You know, just forget about the fact they didn't even have a phone. All they yeah. wanted to do was use the phone. Like, um, if they didn't have the phone, they could have been like, okay, cool. We're just going to quietly sit in this corner of your living room until your other son, who um, is, like, oddly attractive for all of your, like, mutant children that you have, um, 
fixes our car. Like, we're just not going to bother you. Go about your business. We'll stay over here. Whatever. We'll even, we'll even tip you, as in we'll leave. Right. And, like, you know, totally generous of her to invite them to dinner. I mean, it would have probably been rude to say no thank you to that invitation. Especially but, because Southern hospitality. Right. But they didn't have to bring up the whole Dr. Satan thing at dinner and Mm-mm. upset everyone. And, you know, yeah. So read the, the room a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Read the room. Like, is this just, was this a giant commentary on Southern hospitality? And, and Oh, and maybe, manners? maybe that's what we uncovered. Maybe, I don't, I mean, maybe we're, we're getting too in depth in it and it's really Perhaps. not that at all. But um, I want to venture to say that maybe we did stumble upon yeah. the, uh, the Southern, the commentary on Southern hospitality. Yeah. And it's like, just like core theme, like, like we have chiseled down this block of marble, like Michelangelo. Mm, that's what this is—the yeah. Michelangelo of horror. That's what we've done. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, only we could figure that out. Only, yeah. I mean, we're not film critics. We can't deduce anything other than maybe this was just a commentary on on Southern hospitality and like minding your own fucking business, like yeah. that. Yeah. Mind your own fucking business. Let murderers be murderers, I guess. I don't know. Especially with horror movies. Mind your own fucking business. If there is a noise in the cellar, don't go down there. No, that's a white people mistake. Right. Like, if there is gunshots outside your house at three o'clock in the morning, don't turn your porch lights on. No. Mm -mm. Don't do any of those things. Live your life. Um, only if you're 100% confronted with the issue. Call 911. Don't be a hero. Yeah. And I mean, perhaps we are, you know, encouraging less than perfect, good human behavior, but like survival is also a good thing. So there's that. And ultimately these children set a sequence of events into a motion that they could that they couldn't stop um oh oh yeah they kind of they kind of just um man they just knew i mean they probably didn't know going into it that they weren't gonna make it out but yeah probably not but i mean i don't know i feel like at some point the writing was on the wall Um, literally literally yeah, like, I mean, yeah, at some point, like, it literally was on the wall, um, whether that be in the form of blood or mangled baby dolls on the or outside wallets, porch. wallets of other victims. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, that was good. Wallets you know, of other victims. <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like this whole thing was just kind of like, you get what you're going to get. And you don't get upset, as my mom slash brother would say as a young child. Um, And you kind of, uh, you kind of just end up in a sticky situation where you're just not going to make it out alive if you ask too many questions. Yeah, so don't be nosy. Don't be nosy. These are like all just really good rules for survival in any horror movie. Don't be nosy. Don't be a bitch to people. Don't be triggering and bring up things that people don't want to talk about. That's rude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
be thankful and profusely thank people when they do help you. Um, don't pick up hitchhikers. No. Um, don't be a hitchhiker. Don't be a hitchhiker. Like, ultimately, just good general rules for human survival. Um in today's day and age, like, sure, if this was the 50s or the 60s, or, like, maybe even a part of the 70s, a lot of these things may have been okay-ish, but let's be honest, there just wasn't as much media coverage back then. I'm sure all this shit happened back then as well. We just didn't know about it. So there's that. Um, and, I mean, at the end of the day, what happens here, They they go... They are, like, walking through a field on Halloween. There's some, like, weird music in the background. Mama and baby Firefly are, like, you know, walking and flowing in the wind like Stevie Nicks and, like, spinning their giant camisoles. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Otis is suddenly dressed like, I don't know, Satan or whatever with, like, that weird cross on his face. Tiny's there, I think. And then, like, they they lower Chris Hardwick and his girlfriend in that coffin into the ground and um, and then suddenly we're in Resident Evil and then Resident Evil dude dies and uh, then it- Captain Spaulding picks oh. up what's her name she thinks she's safe and then Otis is like what's up bitches I'm here and then what they deliver her to Dr. Satan after that I mean, that part I don't understand. Like, were they serving Dr. Satan? Like, what was going on there? Do they have a relation to Dr. Satan? Other than the fact that even though they didn't really describe it very well, that their deranged father was his, like, henchman? Like, I don't know. And then, like, what the fuck was up with Dr. Satan anyway? Like, he was, like, wired to the ceiling? Yeah, he was just kind of, like, um, like uh like suspended like they they did a pretty good rig on him so you know yeah. like why like stop with this tomfoolery and that's to me where like everything is like what is going on here i don't understand there's too much sensory overload but that like bone dungeon was kind of cool oh yeah i'm like visually that was like yeah, a euphemism for the whole film. It was very overstimulating, but like in a really good way. Yeah, like it wasn't like all the work that went into creating that, like totally worth it. But like, seems like we're suddenly in a different movie. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, so bottom line is pretty good movie. Clearly, Rob Zombie's first, heavy handed. Needs to learn to edit himself a little bit. It was just too much shoved into one movie. And on top of that, it didn't even hit 90 minutes. So it was like too much in a rather short movie. It gave us some wonderful characters that will forever be in our hearts. Um, But otherwise, it was just like a lot. Yeah, it was a lot in um, a very short period of time because the film was only 88 minutes. Yeah. So um, there were a lot of things happening, but like, hey, it did set up a uh, a good, you know, 
a groundbreaking thing for uh, Devil's Rejects. Yeah, and I mean, oh my gosh, excuse me again. Uh, now I'm yawning, though. Um, the Devil's Rejects, totally different movie. Same characters, but like now they're thrust into a world of like crime investigation. They left the farm and now yeah. they're uh, out in the big bad world all by themselves. No, no mama firefly to yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, mama their way through it. Yeah. And honestly, the cliffhanger at the end of that one, um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with this third one. I know. I think it'll be a good time. But um, yeah, I feel like that was a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good film. I'm glad you liked it. For I did. I mean, granted, you had to watch it three times, but I feel like that's just <laughs> this movie in general. You have to watch it more than once to really yeah, you, get the meat and potatoes of what's going on. Because fuck if I know. I've seen it probably two or three times myself, and sometimes I'm like, what the fuck am I even watching? Yeah, there's like what is no this? way. There's no way you're gonna catch everything by watching it once. Absolutely not. Um, with that being said, I'm pretty sure Arthur will never watch it again, but that's totally his choice. Um, that's okay. I don't think he needs to watch it again. No, he's a a smart dude and, um, he doesn't, he doesn't need to, uh, pander to us and our incessant, um, digging and trying to figure, figure things out. Yeah, no, I mean, you get the gist after once you just, you know, you, the details that you don't get. But, like, who really needs them, ultimately? Like, Unless you're us. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, how would we rate this film? So, like, if we're doing, like, one to five jack-o'-lanterns. Um, I would give it a solid three. Okay. I, I think I would probably give it like a 3.5 because I genuinely did enjoy this movie I liked the flow of it I liked how sometimes the flow was purposefully thrown off to throw you off Um, up until the end I did kind of like the whole premise of like a murderous family in the south that wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre type of situation. Um, yeah, so like 3.5 for great effort. Certainly, I would have rated it higher if it was like super like tight plot and like not so jumpy everywhere. Um, but yeah, it, it's it deserves a pretty solid score. Yeah, I feel like it's a really good um, mid-range for what we can gauge the rest of his films on. Right. And there's like, there's so many poorly made horror movies out there. Oh, girl, that's another episode. Yeah. This is not one of them. It hinges like, like it, 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 it tilts on the verge of being bad, but it's not super bad. Yeah, I mean, I um, it wasn't bad enough that I was like, you know what, we should never talk about this. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. I'll take it. I'll take it for what it is. You basically have to take it for what it is. There is, yeah. you really can't deconstruct it too as much. much as, too much. You can't. There's no way. 
there's because there's no there's no substance to it. I feel right. Yeah. So so with that being said, we should probably stop. <laughs> yeah. No. That, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um. So yeah. Um. I'm I'm really glad you liked it. I'm glad Arthur took a dive into it because I know that's this isn't something that's usually in his wheelhouse of horror. No, it's not. Yeah, he's much more of a old like hammer horror, vintage universal, and then like super psychological horror fan. Because um, because our spouses are the same person. Yeah, basically. And then like all the gross stuff like you know, we watch some of the Saw movies together, but, like, after a while, that gets so obnoxious. Yeah, it's just gratuitous. It's just, like, yeah. a snuff film after that. Yeah, like, I'm not a big fan of snuff films. Like, I... No, no. Not a big fan of, like, the Hostel movies or things like that. No, um, ma'am. Not for yeah, me. Definitely not. Um, but, yeah, no, we're definitely... It's odd that we continue to find reasons that we're living parallel lives. I'm okay with it. I'm yeah, okay no, with it. Absolutely perfectly gorgeous and wonderful, but definitely it, it's true. Yeah. It's almost alarming, but again, I'm not going to get too too into it because it's a little scary. Yeah, but you know, oh, one movie that Arthur is really excited for is the new Salem's um lot. No, what am I talking about? Pet, Pet Cemetery? Cemetery. Oh, Salem's really? Lot. Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, so am I. I mean, he's a big Stephen King fan. Is I just love. I just love the original so much that, like, I it don't. Is. I'm a little afraid of, of what this is, what is what this is going to be. But like, I do like a John Lithgow, so yeah. I'll at least, I'll at least indulge in it. I have the AMC mm-hmm. Movie Pass. I don't pay to see movies really, other than what I pay monthly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, quick reminder: mark your calendars this Tuesday. But by the time this airs, it'll have already come out. But Halloween comes out on DVD on Tuesday, so Ooh. run to your local um, DVD dispensary and pick one up. The DVD dispensary or Blu-ray? Buy yeah, Blu-ray. I am buying it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I just wanna. I just love the Blu-ray art. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. so pretty. All right, yeah. so, um, so that was my pick for this week. Nick, what's your pick for next week? The pick for next week is the original from the 1980s, Night of the Demons. Yay! I'm so excited because I also just um, watched this for the first time. Yes, it's one of my favorites. I'm very excited to break it down and talk about it. All right. Well, um, I'm really I'm really excited for everybody to hear about it. So, uh Thanks for listening in, and don't forget to lay, uh, like, comment, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're on all the places now. We're working on Spotify, but otherwise, catch us on iTunes and all the things. Yeah, catch us and on follow, iTunes. That's so cool us. to say. Yeah, we're on we're on iTunes, baby. And Our moms were pretty excited about it. They were pretty, pretty excited about it. And I, I finally, I showed my mom how to subscribe to a podcast on, on <laughs> podcasts, the podcast app. So she's subscribed to it to probably never listen to it, but that's fine. I mean, um, our moms, our moms don't really know what iTunes are, is, right. but like, they're excited we're on it. So, yeah, you know. they're just, they're excited we're doing something, you know. Thanks, thanks, um, Mildred and Camille. We really mm-hmm. appreciate you. Yes. Uh, thank you for making us the the humans that we are. Oh my God, yeah. that's a loaded statement, though. Ooh, um. <laughs> that's a loaded big potato of a statement if I've ever heard one. Indeed, it is. 
Um, yeah. All right. So we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>